At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail, the ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod. We're here for our rankings of the Big Ten. This time it's going to be ranking the history and traditions of the programs from 1 to 14, obviously. And so before we begin, I just want to remind you again to continue supporting the show. You can go leave a review. A written review is the best. It helps the podcast aggregators. Uh, That way they can find us either on Spotify or on YouTube or certainly on your Apple Podcasts. So stop, give us a five-star rating, uh, leave a little thing saying great podcast or whatever it is. Uh, We appreciate that. And that will help more people find the show and that will help us continue to grow. Uh, So let's begin here. Uh, We're going to start again, as we've been doing in the past, from worst to best tradition in history. And we'll just go, I'll go through the last list and then we'll talk about specifically. So go Northwestern, Nebraska, Rutgers, Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, Purdue, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Indiana. And so let's begin with number 14, Northwestern, uh, which you have as the worst history and tradition, which I think is kind of obvious since they've they uh, don't make very frequent stops in the NCAA tournament. Well, here's here's the big debate, and this is this is <laughs> a very much open for debate. So I'll be interested in your opinion as well. I've got Northwestern 14th, Nebraska 13th. Northwestern has only made the NCAA tournament twice, and both of those coming within the last decade. Um, Nebraska mm-hmm. has made it. I need to check this. I want to say. Seven times, four or five times. Uh, I think it's more yeah, than that. Could be. Um, but here's the here's the difference in Northwestern's favor. Northwestern's actually won some games in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Both right. times they've made it, they've won games. Yeah, Nebraska has had seven tournament appearances. The most recent They're one in seven. 2014. They've never mm-hmm. won an NCAA tournament game. Uh, Their last conference regular season championship was in 1950. Now, granted, I believe that's more recent than Northwestern's, but still. Um, So it really comes down to, and there's an argument both ways. If someone wanted to say, hey, the fact that Northwestern's actually won some tournament games, to me, trumps the seven to two advantage in appearances for Nebraska. It's okay. There's a, there's a reasonable argument to that. I went the other direction. Um, I think it's hard to argue that a team that's only been to the tournament twice is anything but the worst in terms of tradition. But there's an argument. From a, from a major conference, yeah, right? right. That's from a major the, from conference. From a Power 5 conference, sure. yeah. Um, right, yeah. where it's important to note that at least for the last you know 35 years or so, um, 
basically, if you can be a 500 team in your conference, you've got a reasonable shot as a Big Ten member at making the tournament. It's not as if you got to win the league. <laughs> um, right, yeah. So I don't know. That's how I came out, but I'm open to other arguments. How do you feel about it? Do you agree that the 7-2 the to two advantage in tournament appearances outweighs the whatever it is for Northwestern, two victories, I think, to none? Yeah, it, it's it's hard because there's that recency bias, right. and you definitely feel like, well, Northwestern's on the move. I could, you could argue the same about Nebraska, I guess, in some respects, but and it's hard too because Nebraska has been really, really atrocious since they've joined the Big Ten. I mean, they have never been really competitive. Well, they had a brief, brief period of, with, with Tim Miles, uh, flash and, in the pan. And then when, I mean, they've sort this of, year yeah. with Fred Hoiberg, they were competitive, and that's really it. Yeah, they. But even competitive, they're still not winning half their games. Right, or right? nine I mean, and eleven, in the, at yeah. least with with Hoiberg, yeah. Uh, so in, in and then they were in the Big Twelve, Big Eight, whatever it was, you know, going back forever. And the, I sort of feel like, boy, in that area, you should have been able to make the tournament more than just a couple times for us, <laughs> you know, if there weren't that many teams in your league. So I, in some ways, I think Nebraska's got a worse tradition, only because I feel like Northwestern is oftentimes an afterthought, which maybe makes it that maybe they are worst tradition history if I don't even think about them, but they were so bad. I mean, so bad for so long to the point where, I mean, they were never ever competitive. And I guess you could argue Nebraska occasionally was like, they'd have a year here and there that they were good to make those, to get those, you know, tournament bids. Whereas Nebraska, Northwestern, I mean, until recently they've, they've been a perennial doormat. So I, I think probably you're right in where you have them, but I think you could, I think it depends if you have a long, long tradition in the Big 12. You may say, ah, oh, boy, Nebraska, they were a doormat forever for us, too. So, Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. But that's – anyway, that was my rationale. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's right. And with all these things, it's splitting hairs and just how you rank various components yeah. and you know, what's more important. Well, then, I mean, I guess it goes to Nebraska. I guess there's not much more to say about it except that uh, they have, especially recently, been pretty poor and, and – Worse under Hoiberg than even under Absolutely. Miles, but they've never really been. They've never really challenged from the big. I I will say this about Nebraska that I did not expect to say about Nebraska when they joined the Big Ten is they are more interesting basketball program than they were when they joined. Like when yes. they joined, it was, I mean, it was like their swim program. Like you don't even think about them. But now you at least like oh they actually they at least you get the impression that their fans care, yep. and you can't say about every big every team in the Big Ten. Correct. But certainly Nebraska fans, they seem to care. They stink, but they seem to care and actually show up and have enthusiasm. And so that respect, I mean, I my hat's off to them for team, supporting a team that's really crummy. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think that this may change. Is I guess I would my, agree with that. Feel. They may not stay 13. I would agree with that. Uh, so I guess we can just go to, move down to number 12, which is Rutgers. And this is a team that, boy, they, they have truly no tradition pre-Big Ten and not really much post big 10, but I guess they've started to show some signs of life here recently, but, um, well, here's, here's the separator. So they've actually made the NCAA tournament eight times and they've got a final four to their credit, 1976. Uh, they have two sweet 16s. So there is some history of success. It's not a lot, but there's some. (laughs) and more than Nebraska and Northwestern have. 
So they pretty clearly they rated a level above those two programs to me. I didn't I didn't have difficulty separating them out for that reason because of that final four. You know, to me that's and it's not, you know, some of these things, it's not a final four in 1942. You know, when right. when the NIT <laughs> was arguably a more prestigious tournament, you know, it's 1976. It's the modern or modern-ish era. Um, and so you can respect it. Uh, so that, to me, is what separates them out. All right, number 11, Penn State. And I and I feel like, well, I guess you, you'll go through the reasons, but I mean, the last time Penn State was like, had any sort of history is way back when Crispin was uh, playing. And that was, 20, I feel like, 22, 20 plus years ago. Yeah, Um Here's the thing. Again, it's debatable. They've had three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten NCAA tournament appearances. But in fairness to them, half of those have come since 1990. So it's not as if it's all ancient. Um, they've got one Final Four, 1954, two Elite Eights, mm-hmm. four Sweet 16s, one of which was in 2001. Um you could debate this one vis-a-vis Rutgers. I think there's a discussion there, but I give Penn state the edge because of the, uh, having more NCAA tournament appearances. Um, but it's, it's close. I mean, it's not a stellar history. There's, you know, that, that much is clear (laughs) either way. We're, we're talking about, you know, programs that, that don't have great basketball history by, by big 10 standards, but, um, you know, those are my reasons why it's interesting. Cause I feel like at least with Penn state, their excuse is, well, we're a football school. Whereas Rutgers, I don't know what I, and Rutgers is not a football school either. I don't know what Rutgers, I guess they're just a state university for New Jersey is pretty much, I think that was their name yeah. for a while too until somewhat recently. So, uh, anyway, so before going to the next grouping, we'll uh, take a brief stop and just talk about nudge printing. Nudge Printing is our sponsor, longtime sponsor for the show. They have high quality screen printed apparel, very breathable, wearable, washable. You can wash it a million times. It still looks just great as when you first purchase it. They are the favorite t-shirts of my family. My wife and daughter wear them all the time. My wife, when she's working out, walking around or doing stuff. Uh, I wore them when I wore the free, won the free throw competition at Michigan State and my tickets to the Final Four. Uh, so both that and I also wore the hoodie, which is fantastic uh, you can get those actually logoed gear which is all the proceeds go and support our show so if you want to support our show and wear some really cool spartan stuff with our really cool logo you can go to the final four it's not the schedule.com slash merchandise and there you can click on that but also once you click there through there you can also buy anything else at nudge so you can add that to your order uh, you can get 20 percent off by entering the code final four at, at checkout and there's also all kinds of other opportunities to buy other stuff from Nudge Printing, not just Michigan State stuff. You can other schools in the state of Michigan and other non-apparel things, all high quality, made in Michigan by Michigan State alums, Brett, Gabe, and Brittany. Can't go wrong. So again, that's nudgeprinting.com and check it out. You won't regret it. Okay. So number 10, the Golden Gophers from Minnesota. Yeah. And I, I, I think, again, here it's it's tough. Um not a huge amount of success. One final four in 1997, and that's actually been vacated, but I'm going to count it. Uh, two <laughs> elite eights, four sweet 16s. Um, 
<laughs> they've only won three Big Ten championships since World War II. That's hard to believe because it's yeah, seven, 72, years. 82, and 97. Um, and again, 97 was vacated. But the reason I've got them over these other schools we mentioned, that they do have the Final Four. They've got two Elite Eights, four Sweet Sixteens. And they've also got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fourteen NCAA tournament appearances. So I think they clear Rutgers and the Penn State and the programs below them, not by a lot, but by enough. It's I, I would say honestly, in my opinion, I would rate Minnesota as um, maybe the all-time underachiever in. <laughs> in big 10 basketball history, because especially in the last 25 years or so, it's a good talent producing state. I've talked about this many times in various contexts on this podcast. Um, If you just keep the vast majority of in-state talent home, you could have a very, very good program. They used to be able to do that, but, but ironically, since the state has started producing more talent, they've been less successful in doing that. So um, that's what's got to change. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I, it was surprising to me to see that Big Ten title fact. I wouldn't have guessed it was only three since World War II. Um, that's a pretty stark. And, and frankly, even if you include the vacated title in 97, I mean, that's what, 26 years now? That's a long time. And you'd almost say 26 years really since they've been good. I mean, they've right. They've, they've not been really they've had, the you know, they've had, they've hardly they've been had good. decent. They've had the occasional team like the in 2019, Michigan State beat them in the second round. That was a good Minnesota team, but it wasn't a great one. Been a long time since they've had a great one. Yeah, and it, it is it just is exemplifies just looking at the last two, you know, Minnesota and Penn State. You add them together, the, their tournament appearances. It's less than Michigan State's current streak, which is really, which is really startling. I mean, I think it's easy to forget how long the streak has been at twenty five years now for Michigan State. So, and how um, dominant the Spartans have been in, in the Big right. Ten play. Uh, so, moving on to number nine, the Iowa Hawkeyes program that was I, I you know in some ways i think they're very similar to minnesota in that's where they are except they've had more success recently than minnesota has certainly but they were really good for the and had some really great teams in the 80s but not a lot of huge postseason success uh, but they were you know the fans care about basketball maybe not they're still generally a football school but they do care about basketball and there's definitely some tradition but it's not a whole lot different again it's i think not a whole lot i think there's a but i i do think there's a there's a clear separator between iowa and minnesota though first of all they've been to the tournament 29 times right yeah that's pretty that's good three four five six seven, eight sweet 16 performances although none since 99 four elite eights last time there was 87 and three final fours the last time there was 1980 Mm-hmm. They've never won a national championship, but so uh, to me, Iowa pretty clearly rates ahead of Minnesota and everybody below them. Just, I mean, 29 tournament appearances is a lot, yeah. you know, that's a pretty decent number. Um, you know, they have multiple final fours. Uh, they've had 
you know, a decent amount of sweet 16s. I mean, there's been some level of success, not nearly enough to get them on the level of the upper tier teams we're going to talk about, but enough to put them ahead of these teams below them. I think there's a clear uh, demarcation point with them. Sure. Yeah, I buy that. And that moves us to our next team, the Badgers from Wisconsin, who, you know, this is the, we're talking about history and tradition. I feel like, and maybe it's not borne out by the stats, but certainly Wisconsin, very similar to Northwestern until recently. And by recently, I mean the last, say, 30 years or so, or whatever, 35 years, that they were really not much of anything in basketball. And it was only during that last three, four decades that they've suddenly built a history and a tradition uh, at the school. I think the recency effect separates them from Iowa because the, mm-hmm. the, the, tra- the resumes are pretty similar, 26 tournament appearances, but the vast majority of those, in fact, God, um, all, but since 1994, 24 of the 26 have come from <laughs> 1994 on. So yeah. that, that says a lot, right? Um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sweet 16 performances, all of which have come from 2000 on. Yeah. They've got, uh, six elite eights, four of those from 2000 on four final fours, three of which have been from 2000 on. And then they have an NCAA runner up in 2015 where they lost to Duke with that great Frank Kaminsky led team. Um, Again, recency effect is part of this, but it's also true that it's been in recent years that they've accumulated so much. I mean, you could say the same thing to Summit, maybe a, a little bit lesser extent, but Michigan State's resume looks that oh, way. Oh, it's similar. Right? Yeah. Oh, I totally it agree. Doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't invalidate it. I mean, over a 30-year period, that's long enough to say, well, that, that's a big chunk of time. Um, and Wisconsin's right? Two generations. Right. And Wisconsin's been very, very good over that period of time. There's, there's no argument with that. So I put them here. Uh, again, they don't have a national title, which many of the programs, not all, but many of the programs ahead of them do. And they don't have quite the same level of, uh, of success as um, overall, as some of these other programs we're going to talk about have but um it's still a very rich history so we're, we're starting to get into the range of programs we're discussing where there, there's really a lot under their belts yeah some some level of success at least that's um yeah. well and the next is number seven so we move into the front half of the list it'd be fighting line from illinois uh who have especially recently now been coming back a little bit but they've definitely had a long history of successful teams in basketball tradition and it's this is a tough one with wisconsin there are arguments you can make but illinois is 33 ncaa tournament appearances they've got 11 sweet 16s and eight of those since 1981 um they have four five six seven eight nine elite eights they've got five final fours only two of which have come since 1952 though so if you want to downgrade them there's that and they also like wisconsin have one ncaa tournament runner-up performance they're they're great 2005 team 
which lost to North Carolina, which I, I actually think was probably the best team in the country that year. They just didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great look. It's a great history. There's what they're lacking, what prevents Illinois from getting into uh, the discussion with the truly elite programs in the conference is the lack of a national title is one thing they can't match many of the others in terms of the number of final fours, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. gets tougher with only, I say only five. Um, (laughs) And, and frankly, big 10 regular season championships, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, only seven since 1963. And, and those do include ties as well, right? So that's it's not right. like... That's right. right so that Tom Izzo's more than, got more than that. Expect. Yeah, right. You know? Um, so that's a little bit... Again, we're sp- you started getting into these comparisons and you end up splitting hairs. But I, I do think, um, I do think that's, that's an important point to note as to why I have them only where they are. Because... By national standards, Illinois has got very rich basketball tradition. And so then number six, the Maryland Terrapins, who actually do have a national championship, although they were not a Big Ten team at the time. They did in the 2000s. That's right. And so we're talking about their history, obviously, not just in the Big Ten. This is what people could argue with me about vis-a-vis Illinois. 30 NCAA tournament appearances. So they're below Illinois there. Now, where they trump them is Sweet 16s. They've got four, six, seven, eight. 14 sweet 16s they've got four elite eights only two final fours oh they came in 2001 and 2002 but to me what gives them the edge is that national championship in 2002 i mean Mm -hmm. it's a close call the other the negative for maryland too and again almost all of this history is in the acc they've only won seven conference championships in their entire history and only one since joining the Big Ten. But, I mean, there's just not a lot of conference championships. But, you know, when you play in a league with North Carolina and Duke, it's going to be tough, right? Yeah. And I think right. that's I think that's some of it. But th- this is where you can start having these discussions about what you prioritize and what you value. Because you can make an argument that Illinois maybe has a little better case in a lot of other areas, but they don't have that national title. And Maryland does. So that's to me why Maryland checks in uh, just a little bit ahead of them. But uh, again, reasonable minds can differ on that front. It's just where I landed. And speaking of teams that have not won a national championship, we'll go to the Purdue Boilermakers, who are number five, well, ranked right ahead of Maryland. <laughs> that's this is this is again, this comes this program, its history really. It, it comes down to what do you value? Because in almost every respect, Purdue just sits in a great position uh, right. when you look at their history. 33 NCAA tournament appearances. They got a boatload of conference championships. I mean, I count four, eight, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 25. Big Ten regular season titles, which I believe believe is number one. Um, I believe that's still number one, and I'm pretty sure they've also won the most Big Ten games of any program, right? Could be. Boatload of them. They've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 11, 12, 13 Sweet 16 performances. 
They've got five elite eights. Where they come up short is there's only two final fours, the last one coming in 1980, and one NCAA tournament runner-up to, I believe, to UCLA in 1969. Um, that's it. They don't have the NCAA tournament title, and to only have two final fours, it, it, it certainly brings them up short in that regard as well. So you can, you can have the argument. You know, I mean, it really comes down to what do you value most? You can make a good case that Purdue has been over time, the most consistently good program in big 10 history. And, and it's tough to argue with that. You know, there's never a long period of time where they're not winning big 10 championships. They go to the NCAA tournament a ton. They've had decent success over the course of history, at least when they've been there, but they just haven't been able to break through in the big, big, big moments. And so how do you evaluate that? You know, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question, but, um, that's, that's where I land. Well, and that's, and that's how you separate from the next team, which we'll talk about in just a moment, but the brothers are just two gutters. If you need gutter work done in the state of Michigan, take care of those leaves that are always falling your roof. And if you're like me and hate getting up on ladders, especially three stories up, it's something I don't even consider. Uh, get those leaf guards on. They can also clean out your gutters if you need it, or they can repair or replace them. They're specialists and that's all they do. Just do gutter work. You can get a hold of Kurt and his team on the West side of the state in the Grand Rapids area, or Greg and his team on the East side of the state in Detroit, Metro Air- metropolitan area, Oakland County. Uh, they will, set you up. They'll take care of all that water problem that you have. And if you're thinking about it or looking up and see leaky gutters and you need something done, have them come by and get you a quote, 10% off. You mentioned final four. When you reach out to them, you can find contact information, in your podcast player, uh, or you can go to our website and find it on the description of the show at the final force on the schedule.com. Uh, again, you're not going to regret getting a hold of those guys to take care of your problems with your gutters. So the number four team is the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, they obviously have a national title. They have, a, I mean, they have a long, it's funny because they have a long tradition in some ways, ways, although I feel like their fans don't care so much about it, but they do definitely have a lot of tradition of success within uh, college basketball, both in the Big Ten and then in the national NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, 30 NCAA tournament appearances, eight final fours, one national title. They've been runner-up. So they've lost in the final six times. It's hard to believe it's that many times. Yeah. They, they always win their final four game. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Um, so seven, seven, there's only been one of those eight appearances that they didn't win a game. And it was the first one in 1964, every game, every final four they've made since, and they've won at least the semifinal, but, but they've only been able to get over the hump once um, and win the whole thing. And honestly, I think, you can make some arguments with them and Ohio state. I don't think you can make arguments with the top two because at this level, everybody we're talking about has a boatload of NCAA tournament appearances. They've got a boatload of final fours. So when you get to that level, to me, at least it really then comes down to how many titles have you won? And, and they've only got separate, one. This from Purdue, right? For you, right. this is what that that's makes what, it better but, than right. Purdue. But that's why I give them the edge over Purdue. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Because Purdue would outdo Michigan on a lot of other levels. Big Ten championships, for sure. They'd leave them in the dust. And they've got more NCAA tournament appearances. A few more. 
Um, yeah. But but they lack that title and they lack those final fours. Michigan's got them eight to two in final fours. They've got a one to nothing in titles. So that's the separator there. Um, the case between Michigan and Ohio State is a very close one. I give Ohio State the edge for a couple reasons, which we'll get into in a second, but it's close. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess you, the number three, the, the Buckeyes who, uh, you know, it's funny. You th- I think that Mata and that, that they were successful, but I forget that they were also very successful before too. And so they've, Oh yeah. They've always had good teams again, football school. They don't really care that much about basketball, but they've, they've are able to field really good teams. Well, look, here, here's the bottom line. Their one national title came in 1960. Okay. That was the Jerry Lucas, John Havlicek era. Bob Knight was the sixth man on that team. Um, they've got 11 final fours. Okay. Um, that gives them an edge over Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got one national title, which ties them with Michigan. Uh, they've also got 35 NCAA tournament appearances to Michigan's 30. So that also gives them an edge. Um, so I, I think it's a close call, but that's why I give them the edge for the number three spot. But also the fact that they've only got the one national title is what keeps them from being higher than third, in my opinion. What is the number of Big Ten championships with Ohio State versus Michigan? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, I'd have to look at it. Um, let's see. So I feel like Ohio State has more than Michigan. I just feel like Michigan yeah, has Big Ten a they, whole lot, I but think, that's just recency. I think too. that's... No, I think that may that may well be true because Ohio State does have several. But Michigan doesn't have a ton. They've got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Michigan's got fifteen, but of course, four of those are pre World War II. Um, oh. So they've got fifteen, and I think Ohio State trumps that, but we will see. That's interesting. They only have ten since since of uh, World War Two. I yeah. expected more than that, even though I didn't. That's a long time. They weren't very good, I guess, during the during the sixties and such. Ohio State's got twenty two. Oh yeah, so not even close. and all yeah. but um, all but four of those. So eighteen of them have come post World War Two. Yeah, so so pretty decisive edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what it, that's what it feels like too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah and Ohio State's done it. You know, both of those schools have done it. They've had accomplishments under multiple coaches in multiple eras. That's that's definitely true. Um, but yeah, it's pretty striking that these two schools that you don't feel have a particularly. I mean, if look, if there was justice in the world, Illinois and Purdue would rate higher than Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, because those schools, their fan bases, I think, care about the sport more. But there's no justice in the world. So it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> that's, that's always been the case. <laughs> Got to go out there and win. Uh, so then moving to number two, the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, obviously, uh, as we just kind of alluded to earlier, that the tradition has uh, is changed. I mean, Michigan State is much more of a recent tradition of success, but it's still like, you know, I don't know. I think but it's, it's like, so what, overwhelming. For a generation. It's like two generations worth now of good teams they've been fielding. So you can kind of say at this point, it's... here's here's the other thing too with some of these numbers i'm going to throw at you let's remember michigan state doesn't get into the big 10 until the early 50s so some of those big 10 titles i've mentioned for these other programs they happened in 1919 
Right. Michigan State <laughs> couldn't compete for those. MSU's got 36 NCAA tournament appearances. So more than anyone you've mentioned so far. That's right. Um, they've got five, six, seven, eight, 16 Big Ten regular season championships, 10 of which, I'm sorry, yeah, 10 of which have come under Tom Izzo. Yeah. Um, so that trumps, you know, it, it's, you can see That's what more than anyone else, any other team. Yeah. Um, last 10, 10 final fours. So one fewer than Ohio state, two more than Michigan, but here's what ultimately puts them at number two, instead of lower two national titles. Right. And that's just it. I mean, we've, we've now, we've only got for as great, a big, uh, greater basketball conference as the big 10 is there are only two schools in it that have multiple national titles right. and Michigan state's one of them. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, this is an obvious statement, but what will need to happen to solidify Michigan State's status going forward is what comes after Tom Izzo. You know, if you sure. look at, we talked about, we just talked about Michigan and Ohio State, and they've had great success over multiple periods of time. Purdue, they're all lacking in tournament success, but you get my meaning. Same yeah. thing. Um, Indiana, mostly under Bob Knight, but not exclusively. They've had other periods of success. So when you think about the great, and Izzo has talked about this many, many times, how if, if you want to be a blue blood, it can't be about just one guy. You know, if you look at North Carolina, you look at Kansas, you look at Kentucky, it's UCLA even to some extent. It's multiple guys, multiple eras over time, multiple teams. And so that's what's going to have to happen to keep Michigan State where it currently sits. I feel very confident putting Michigan State number two in the in the league. I think it's justified entirely as object being as objective as I can. Um, the to me, the two national titles are the separator between mm -hmm. MSU and Ohio State and Michigan. That's what separates them. Um, and they've got more NCAA tournament appearances than either of those schools too. Yeah. Marginal advantage, but still over the same period of time, um, yeah, since close. Michigan state's been a big 10 member, they're ahead of Michigan in big 10 titles. And I think they're, I think they're right there with Ohio state. So, you know, all those things speak well to the accomplishments of the program. And they have done something, you know, they had two final fours before Tom Izzo. So it's not like they had nothing. We talked about a program like Purdue all time only has two. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, the one in 57 and then Judd Heathcote's in 79, that, that alone will put them on par with most of the rest of the league historically. The fact that Tom Izzo has come in and added eight to that, well, that eclipses everybody else. But that's those are the arguments. As again, I feel pretty safe and secure in making them. Well, the, we'll finish off with the Hoosiers from Indiana. Uh, obviously, a long time of success in and the last. I, th I think they still are the last team to have a perfect season, right? In, yes, correct. Yeah, which is kind of shocking that that's. I mean, I guess you play more games now, so maybe it's a little harder to do. But and it certainly felt like that. Was it Memphis or the Kentucky? I can't remember Memphis team that was undefeated and then lost. 
at the, in the uh, finals. They were, I, it were was the last Kentucky. Team to sort of, it was Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, they were the they last team to They got beat by Wisconsin. Lose. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, look, it's Indiana. <laughs> 41 NCAA tournament appearances. So they're tops in the conference in that category. They're second to Purdue in Big Ten titles. Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. 22 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been to... Now, this is where you can make the argument. They've only been to eight Final Fours. So Michigan State's got two more Final Fours than IU has. I mean, Tom Izzo has eight. Tom Izzo has as many as Indiana does. But yeah. Indiana has five titles. And yeah. that's what <laughs> that and the NCAA tournament appearances in the Big Ten championships is what pretty clearly puts them alone at number one to me. It would be very hard to be a Purdue Boilermaker fan because you can look at the regular season track record of the two programs, and there's a very strong case that Purdue's actually been better Mm -hmm. over history. You know, Um, they've got more Big Ten titles. They've won more Big Ten games. They've been better. But it just gets washed away when you start looking at the postseason. Yeah. And that's where the edge is. And it's a decisive edge. You know, it's a decisive edge between IU and anybody else in the national title realm. I mean, five of them, you know, that's one of the best marks. I'm trying to think who eclipses that historically. Um, It's UCLA and Kentucky. And I think that's it. I don't think anybody else has more. Uh, Kansas maybe is tied. Uh, Duke. Duke is tied, I think. And maybe UConn now. I'd have to go back and see whether UConn's got four or five, but um, it's pretty impressive, you know, and, and there's a reason why, you know, I think for people who are, let's say, I don't know, 35 and younger, it might be hard for them to fully relate to why older people still view Indiana the way they do. And I'll speak for myself the way I do, because Indiana has been, an okay program for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot, just like we've talked about Michigan state and Wisconsin. How, hey, that's a generation that counts, you know, where they've been really, really good. Well, it's about a generation where Indiana has been kind of, you know, they've been okay, but they haven't been great. They don't strike fear in you though. No. Yeah. And they have, have they been that much better than say, you know, Iowa, um, you know, I don't think so. I mean, they do have one uh, Final Four and NCAA uh, National Championship game appearance during that time. So that helps their case a little bit. But but by and large, they haven't been a great program for a long time. But, man, when you look at the history of it, and we're not talking ancient history. We're not talking Michigan football victories here. We're talking, you know, <laughs> stuff that stuff that was on color TV, let's say, right. Um, <laughs> it's really impressive. And so I, I yeah. can't make, it, it would be, I, I would have to be the Homer of homers to try to make a case for Michigan state above Indiana historically. Now, if Tom Izzo can tack on another couple national titles before he's done, well, then maybe we could start having a discussion because I do think Tom Izzo is getting to the point where you're going to have to seriously evaluate whether he eclipses Knight as the best Big Ten coach of all time. 
I think if, if, and when he passes Knight's total big 10 conference victories, I think that becomes a clear cut. I think he does win it. Knight would have the edge in national titles, at least right now, but Izzo's got way more final fours. He's got more big 10 championships. He will have won more big 10 games. I mean, I think the argument will be pretty good in Tom Izzo's favor at that point, but program histories, I still think you got to give it to IU. Yeah, no, I think so. And for those curious, those salty Purdue fans, they are, I just looking up there, 125 and 90 in their head to head against Indiana, but there's another reason, right? So when when it counts 35 game (laughs) advantage in the head to head. That's got to be really but. tough to take because it just it the difference comes down to them. Well, what did you do when it was one and done time? What did you do when the chips were down and you had you didn't have a tomorrow if you lost? And that's where Purdue has just absolutely folded historically compared to IU. Yeah, I mean we all remember Katie, right? He just he could not win in the in the postseason. He would get the good great teams, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I. Look, I would I would make an argument that year to year consistency for the 80s and 90s, there was no better program in the league than Purdue. Just year to year, year in, year out, are they going to be good? Yeah, the answer was almost always yes. But they just, even when they had, you know, so they have Glenn Robinson, one of the great players in Big Ten history. Unfortunately, he happens to come along at a time where Michigan has the fab five and Indiana had great teams too. And Ohio state had Jimmy yeah. Jackson. So even then, even when they had the superstar, which they don't always have, um, it just wasn't going to be enough. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, you know, I think when you look at the legacy of Izzo and the Big Ten and, you know, but compared to Bobby Knight, the, in, when you're comparing Michigan State and Indiana, undoubtedly, Izzo is much more beloved by the media and by fans sure. than t- Bob Knight ever was or ever will be. Certainly after the way Bob Knight's seat career collapsed at the end and sort of the right. way he sort of was forced out. And so Izzo will be celebrated much more than Bob Knight. I don't think there's any question. But for, but for Michigan State to pass Indiana – in this, do they need, in your opinion, with it, if they get to, let's say they win two more titles and they have four instead of uh, Indiana's five, but they probably have two or three more final four appearances. They probably have some more Big Ten appearances. I mean, if, if Izzo were to somehow pull that off in the next three to four years, win two more titles, let's say, which I, you know, I don't know how likely that is, but 
would that be enough, do you think, to propel Michigan State, or do you think it requires them to pass a torch to the next person and to still maintain some level of consistency to, to say we've got that tradition? Yeah, that's a good argument. I mean, I think you also have to assume that Indiana continues not doing great things. Um, sure. That they're not adding to their resume. But yeah, that would be, look, I think if, if Izzo did that, yes, you would then have the historical accomplishments to have that be an argument because MSU would trump Indiana in terms of uh, final fours pretty clearly. They'd be, they're already, they're reasonably close in NCAA tournament appearances. I mean, it's 41, 36. It's not a huge gap. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and big 10 titles, at least during the era that Michigan state was actually a member is very tight as well. So, um, you would have that argument, but, but it would be a reasonable response for someone to say, you know what, if you're talking all time, let's see what the next guy does, because it's also fair to say, if we stop the clock with Indiana at say 1995, they look even better. Oh yeah. It, yeah. If anything that they've, they've degraded it. Sort of Some of the luster of has worn off. Yeah. So that would be a fair thing to say to me. If, if someone would say, well, we got to see what the next guy does. If you're talking historical perspectives. It is also interesting too. If you now throw next year, we have, would have to add USC and UCLA. Clearly USC is you know towards the bottom. They have almost no tradition in basketball. UCLA, of course, has lots of traditions. Yeah. A, a recent uh, a victory, you know, a national championship. And then, of course, the big string that wouldn't put together back in the uh, 60s, right? So uh, you, would they be first? Yeah. The big 10? Yeah, they'd have to be. <laughs> and that would be a tough, that'd be a tough thing. It's like, what? Tough pill to swallow, <laughs> they right? They just Somebody, join. The guy comes but, like, oh, by the way, we're the best. <laughs> but it, yeah, but they would because, you know, the, the wooden, the wooden run of titles is unprecedented. Nobody's going to ever touch that, in my opinion. No. Um, and, you know, and look, the thing is, well, you can argue they haven't stayed at that level. Who has? Um, they've still been pretty damn good. <laughs> over, you know, it's not like, well, yeah, they, I mean, right. it's not like UCLA has fallen off the map, you know, in the as recently as the aughts, they had a run of three straight final fours. They made a final four. What was it? Three years ago, two years ago, the COVID uh -huh. year. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're still pretty good, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the wooden titles would, you'd have to, but that, that's the point. Then these discussions start to become a little ludicrous. It's like, well, what are we really evaluating? You know, it, it, yeah. it feels that way to some extent with Maryland too, because Maryland's only been in the league, you know, a decade or so. Um, most of their accomplishments, including their national title and both of their final fours came in the ACC, but I've got to somehow factor that in with big 10 schools that they didn't compete against for all, but the last decade, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it becomes a more difficult discussion to have, but yes, I think let's put it this way. Generally speaking, I think there's a pretty clear cut blue blood five and it's Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina and UCLA. I don't think you can argue with any of those. Historically, mm -hmm. Indiana has been viewed as the sixth member of that group 
there seems to be a view that they might be slipping out of it because of what we talked about, the lack of consistent success over the last quarter century. Um, I would still be inclined to put them in that category, but I can understand the debate. If someone wants to say they're just outside of it and they're number six, I'm not going to argue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, UCLA would clearly be ahead of them. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You just can't argue with the national titles. No. And I think that the tricky thing, and this is this is a time zone bias that you just, when it comes to West Coast basketball or athletics really in general, you just don't, ha- they just don't have the exposure and Correct. it's easy to forget about them. And, Correct. and I feel like UCLA in some respects, uh, the Arizona just has seemed like a bigger brand out in the Pac-10 or Pac-12 or whatever it is now uh, than UCLA in some ways. Not maybe the last couple of years, but I just feel like Arizona's hyped more than UCLA. Well, there have been peri- there have been periods of time certainly over the last thirty years where Arizona has been very much a peer of UCLA's. I would go that far. Um, sure, yeah. But you know, you're right about having lived out there for a period of time. I, I agree, and it also doesn't help that for a variety of reasons, the populations in that part of the country don't care about college athletics in the same way that they do in the Midwest or the South. Um, that's just a fact. I mean, I, I don't think you can even argue that. Um, having been in the Bay Area for a while, uh, yeah, college sports are around, but it's just not the same thing as it is here. And so that bleeds into it too. Well, it'll be very interesting to see what happens, obviously, when those teams, uh, when those schools join the Big Ten to see if that changes if the exposure with um the east coast market helps raise their profile their brand too i imagine it would quite a bit playing you know not at 10 p.m all the time uh, at least certainly when they're on the road but that'll be a discussion for i guess another day uh, before we go i just want to remind you again if you want to support the show go to the final force on the schedule.com slash support you can also head on over to the brothers that just do gutters at the brothers enter in your zip code you people find your local dealer if it's either Greg in the Southeast Michigan side or Kurt on the West side, get a hold of them 10% off. If you've mentioned final four and nudge printing at nudgeprinting.com, they can take care of all your printing needs. They also even do custom shirts. If you have a fundraiser, you can uh, check out that the link is on their website as well. Uh, that's at nudgeprinting.com again, and 10, 20% off. If you say final four, uh, t- the coupon code for the checking out, but until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green. <music> Thank you.